Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This show is brought to you and associated with Labrooks. All you have to do is click the link to the description to this podcast, enter the promo code LAD50 when you sign up, and you'll get a free bet up to £50. Go on, do it now. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, the podcast that knew that last week was just a blip. This week on Heart and Hand, Easdales, up yees. So welcome to Art Hand Rangers Podcast, my name is David Edgar, as always I am your host and I'm joined this week making his season debut after many a request, yes it's Mr Mark Dingwall. Welcome to the Super Sub World. Yeah, it's, it's, you're the David Fairclough of this pod, um, we, we, or the only Gunnar Solskjaer for, a, for, for maybe a younger audience there Mark, you're the guy we turn to in, in time of need, but we actually have had a few requests to get you on, um, probably from, from your carers, uh, but here you are. And uh, we, we're going to make the most of it. It's good. To, it's good to have you back. Well, you keep paying, you paying as well as you always did, Dave. I'm happy to oblige. Yes, that is true. Uh, <laughs> you're getting the same money you always got. That that can't be denied. But <laughs> what did they say if you pee peanuts? <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah. So let's start then, Mark Capolo. Well, you know, it's. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be such a pest, seeing as you. You normally bore people to death with your uh, with your tactical analysis, but I've just been enjoying the games. Yeah, you know? yeah, um, absolutely. You know, I mean, I, I, I've said to people since we won the big battle against the uh, the evil empire, um, you know, taking games as they come, enjoying them. Um, you know, it, it's what it is. It's it's entertainment. People, you know, on websites or phone you up, you know, they want to go crackers about this or that or, you know, how long is this going to last or have we overestimated Warburton? Don't care. No. Go win. <laughs> no. And well, you know, I, I, we, get, we get thumped by Bruce and Johnson. Yeah, well, you know, Warburton's got a bit of a blind spot to the 
the defenders a bit of a blind spot to the, the keeper as well I would have to say but ho hum we get beat by a team in a bigger you know, in, in, in the top division who cares you know I, I don't really care the, the only thing that matters to me is is winning promotion this year yeah and but we're but, doing that the, the style we should have been yeah, doing it in the last couple of seasons that's what I was going to say yes it's important for us to get promotion this season absolutely but we couldn't have had another season of just the spirit and vengeful crowd at Ibrox you know where you're turning up going oh just get this shite over with uh, we're getting great football even after Tuesday night I was like do you know what can't wait for the next game and sure as fate come the next game there's four or five moments where I'm at my seat going that's that's just brilliant and and it's been a long long time since I've seen that from a Rangers team now as a as an agitator, did you take any special pleasure in knowing that it was uh, the Brothers Grimm team that we were administering a humping to? Um, n- not particularly because you know they're just they're just a minor detail. They weren't really um, they, they were stage villains. They weren't they weren't masters of their own fate. They were just they were just the hired help, and now we've got rid of them, and nobody cares about them. Yeah, no. it's just you know, if there's if there's anybody does care about them, then. Um, you know, we'll worry about that if they ever get hauled into court. But until then, they're just an unfortunate incident that's now passed. They don't matter. I know what you mean. They're, they're kind of like when you got really pissed at a party and let some horror kind of take you into a, a cupboard, you know, for for, for a winch. And uh, that's that's kind of like what they are. You just go, geez, how how were I was ever involved with those people? There, there have been a few bizarre sexual innuendos in this uh, pod over the years, David. But I've got to say, wanting to share a, a darkened a darkened closet with uh, with Sandy Easdale probably takes the biscuit. That is true, but he's got magnificent hair. Or is he the one that doesn't? I can, I can never remember. Who, who knows? Yeah, um, <laughs> who cares? You're right. Rather, it's rather like meeting two Ronnie Pickerins, isn't it? You know, there's, <laughs> you know, you're waiting for one and two of them come along at the window. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, I don't want to be a part of this planet anymore. This is just this is too oh, much. But, but anyway, Martin took care of itself it went the way most of the games have gone it's a bit of a challenge there's probably not a huge humiliation in the in the clubs that were playing getting beat by you know four or five goals going in against them some of them make a better better hand of it than others um, I have to say there's I mean, how many games have we played that have been real walkovers you know one or, one or two maybe but you know generally it's been pretty it's been competitive but it's a, it's a function of money. The money that the players have been paid means you get a better quality of player. And this time, the manager has actually got them playing in a more expansive way in a winning way. Mm. And, um, you know, so it's looking good. And I'm a, I'm a great believer that, you know, uh, goal, goals is a great confidence builder. Yeah. So, you know, it's not just a case of win the game and then take the foot off the pedal and try not to get injured, try not to get booked. So, you know, just keep banging away, and that's what they're doing. You know, there's a kind of relentlessness to their play that's that's enjoyable. You know, I, I always say that football must be more fun when you're doing that, when you're knocking about trying to score goals, than when it is just this war of attrition. And, and I understand, by the way, if you don't have the ability or you're up against teams with bigger resources, you need to play. Uh, I'm not in any way criticising it, but when we weren't, <laughs> you know, we were spending more money. We did have. Apparently, a better a better quality of player, and yet we were choosing this kind of risk free, risk averse. Just get the result. Doesn't matter how you do it. Doesn't matter what it's like to watch. 
one nil's enough, two one's enough, never worry about quality. Whereas you say it's great to go out and say, score four or five, you know, make things happen, try things. That's why I was a wee bit disappointed with the reaction to the St Johnson game because you said we lost a game, we lost a cup match. It can happen. It does happen. It's happened to better Rangers teams than this one. And the way that people were quite prepared to sort of throw away everything they'd seen for the first few months and go, ah, oh, we're, we're still garbage. It's kind of like some people expect us to, to, with one fell swoop, overcome four years or five years, really, and get back to where we were. And it's not going to happen. It's not realistic to expect that to happen. It's going to be an incremental growth. And every time you watch this Rangers team, there's little things you notice or things that are developing partnerships on the field. And and it's just something that I think that it's so much more easy to appreciate. I can see what they're doing in training all week. I can see what they're trying to achieve here. Well, I think you, an added bit of that is the little bit of magic that Mr Warburton, as we must call him, spread. For instance, <clears throat> you listen to stuff on, on, on the radio during the week there and uh, you know, it's, uh, he's getting interviewed after the Morton game <clears throat> and I would say the commentator was almost trying to draw him into, uh, sorry, the interviewer was actually trying to draw him into being a bit disrespectful, you know, that kind of cliche about, you know, the arrogant Rangers and it was like, you know, oh, you come to these places and he went, no, this is a great place to come to. It's a uh, you know, it's a proper football ground, proper fans, the place is built with capacity and people are going to enjoy their football and that's, way, that's the way it's been at all the grounds we're going in Scotland. So there's no arrogance, there's no, well, we are Rangers doing people a favour, it's just, we're football fans, we're football people, we enjoy football, coming to a ground like this, it's not a problem to us. Facilities not as good as any folks, who cares, it's football, that's what we're here for. Um, you then pick up things like, you know, He's insisting that the players drink, you know, a bottle of water before they leave the house and drink another bottle in the car. You know, just simple attention to detail. Yeah. For professionals, and again, you know, when you do have uh, uh, chats with either players or people that are close to the players, then that that seems to be the way that he runs the ship. You know, if you don't want to, if you don't want to do it, you'll be gone. But if you do want to do it, it's good for you. It's good for the football club. It maximises your performance. Um, so it's good for you, son, as well as being good for us. You know, we're not asking you to do anything that is detrimental. And I think that kind of attitude, that professionalism, is um, in small things will show uh, in in the bigger games later on in, in the year. I'm, I'm convinced that you know, if you take care of these small building blocks um, that, that sadly seem to have been missing over the, the last few years, that'll 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 come good. I, I would have to say, I think. Um, I think we shouldn't get too carried away because I'm looking at the quality of the players um, that we have brought in, and you're thinking, well, I'm not sure that the even dis, even despite some of the, the people that have left, I wouldn't imagine that the that the wage bill was that much different from last year. If you think about who's still there, who went, and the quality that's in. You know, I oh, think yeah. the wage bill is roughly the same. Yeah, I believe that. Um, we're going to talk about that actually in a while, about the finances. But yeah, from what I gather, the, the wage bill is a slight net decrease. You know, not not huge. Um, yeah. We're still paying a, a significant amount of money. But yeah, you're absolutely right. When you consider that the growth in quality and the growth... In, and also the fact it's a younger squad, Mark. I mean, that, that squad last season, as was proven, had 
nothing in terms of you know the, the much wanted resale value. That was a bunch of journeyman guys earning money and then leaving. Whereas at least a squad there's twenty four, and if you needed to sell a few of them come January, you could. You know, you, it's an investment. Um, so yeah, I think it's remarkable based on that. A couple of points you brought up there that I just want to touch on. Firstly, what you're saying about the interviews, you're spot on. When we played Airdrie earlier this season in the cup, um, I was at that game and he got asked a similar thing. And he's like, basically, you know, what's it like getting motivated for this? He goes, this is brilliant. There's like 9,000 here tonight. And I'm told this is the biggest crowd of the season. And he staggered 9,000 at Brentford and the atmosphere wasn't like this. He said, so, you know, I'm I'm loving this. And I do wonder if sometimes the, the, the media, you know, he's, he, I love Mark Warburton, but he's not Louis van Gaal, is he? You know, he didn't come from Bayern, Munich, Ajax, etc. He, he came from Brentford. So we need to remember that uh, Scottish football has its flaws, but getting to play Ibrox every week and then having to scrap it out in a tough cup tie environment the next week, I think sounds like a bit of a fun challenge to me. Secondly, I wanted your opinion on the manager's remarks that he felt, dis- or he felt the team felt disrespected after the St. Johnson game. What did you make of that? Uh, I think that's probably directed towards the team. Um, obviously, if, if a team like Rangers just gets beaten in, in the cup, then you know, despite the, despite the, um, the fact that uh, St. Johnson are only about, uh, sorry, a division above us, then you know, it's a little bit of a giant killing thing. So, you know, you know, good luck to St. Johnson. So that's what I say is, you know, they, they took their they took their chances on the night. I thought they played pretty well. Um, I thought their finishing was good. Well was the coverage disrespectful? No, I don't I don't think it was. You're always going to have a little bit of spite against Rangers in Scotland, but all things considered how we played, um, and we can argue whether, you know, if, if Waghorn had got the, the header and all the rest of it, whether it would have been a different game. Um I think we've got to say that kind of blind spot that I've referred to that he, that he seems to have about the defence and maybe it's because we're spoiled over the last 30 years with you know, goalkeepers like Chris Ruins, Niemi, you know, Charboni, the goalie himself, you know, close. Um, you know, I think he's got a bit of a blind spot there. Maybe I, he thinks, I, well, well, we'll overcome it. I don't agree. Yeah, I, I like the keeper. I think the, keeper's, I think the keeper's got a lot of potential, mate. Sorry? I think a keeper's got a lot of time. He's a good goalkeeper. Mm, got to disagree no. with you there. I think he commands his box well. Decent shot stopper and he's good with his feet. He's the odd rick in him. But as you say, that's because we're going from having world-class goalkeepers to maybe somebody who's merely a good goalkeeper. Well, as I say, if you start rattling off and there are more keepers in, in, in the last uh, 20, 30 years than I've mentioned there, I mean, if you think about it in terms of the goalkeeping quality we've had, I mean, we have been absolutely spoiled. Yeah. We've had a so, 30-year run that was astonishing. It has been, you know, it's um, we are very much spoiled in, in that department. So maybe, maybe I'm being a little harsh on the guy, but you know what? It, he'll be getting paid well, so I, I, I don't, I don't expect some of the some of the flops that he's had. To be honest. No, I must admit, I'm not, I'm not really seeing that. Um, I think, I think that there's, there's. Definitely something there. I share everybody's concerns about the centre-backs. Again, though, I think one of the arguments that's annoyed me is, you know, if we were to go into the Premier League tomorrow, aye, but we're not going to. You know, that, that, that's a, you're setting up this kind of ludicrous 
false argument. We've got time to A, improve the two that we've got, or B, two transfer windows to get other people in. So I just, I, I don't buy this. I think it's a bit of a fallacy. So long as, so long as the results keep coming. And the performances. You know, you're not, and you're, you're not going to have a, you're not going to have a major rebellion in your hands because I think what you've got to look at and say, right, well, Davy Weir is on the management team. You look at the difference him and Big Ekiog made when they came in. Mm-hmm. You've know, stabilised the defence. Look at look at Davy Weir's career now. If I think there's something wrong with the back line, I think Davy Weir's probably thought <laughs> will be something about it. Aye, so maybe it is because that's the only thing that's really gone wrong. Yeah, I think you're right. Eh? I also think as well it's a psychological thing, Mark, that we've been booted in the balls so often and so long that we're sort of now going, there's got to be another boot in the balls coming. And then it was almost like for some of our fans, when we got one last week, it was, I told you, I knew this was too good to last. Well, it's like, when you when you go through what we've gone through, you would think that some people would join the rest of us in the real world and go, what really actually matters? Oh, come no, on, you've met Scott. Club was going down the toilet. It was owned by one one set of, uh, shall we say, not pleasant people yes. after another. Yes. You're really facing facing at least lifetime of mediocrity if, if those regimes had continued. The club's been saved properly. It's not going to be ideal. But you know what? I really can't get worked up at a lot of... You know the the gripes that people are coming up with. Yeah, you know, the same. I just can't. It's. I'm sorry. You know those those days are a long behind me now. Maybe that's because you know when you and I have been at this campaigning lap for for so many years, um, and to to face what we're facing and to be where we are now. You know the problems we've got now are manageable. I reckon there's a, a kind of box getting ticked more or less every day inside there. Yeah, I've no doubt. A few a few horror stories to come, but. For our lifetimes, I think the, the big battle's been fought and won. Yeah, I think so, and I think because if anyone who was involved in the campaigning from sort of round about the turn of the century, certainly from kind of 2005, it, it wasn't like it just happened in 2012 and then that was it. You know, we were kind of expecting it. So it's almost like you lived with us for a decade, and then the fact that we've now come out of it, I think means that you're right, there's probably a wee, a wee bit more positivity, I am probably a wee bit calmer about certain things like, you know, people say, oh, you know, we'll not be ready to challenge Celtic next year, well, well I can kind of live with that, I'd rather we were, but it's it's not well, a huge thing know. to me I think, I think Uncle Ronnie's doing a bit of, a bit of good undercover work oh, us, you know, I, know. My, I just love the idea of Warburton against this guy money for them. Yeah, no, I, I just I love the idea of Warburton against this guy, I really do and Collins, who's one of those guys it, He's just, 60% of his brain is on and 40% has still got, you know, like the painter and decorators, uh, when he's got the sheets over it. That's what it's like. It's it's there, but it's not it's not in use at the moment. Um, one of, is one of those guys who, you know, he's the type of, he presents himself as the type of, you know, modern player that looked after himself and was good technically and was quite a slight guy and whatever. And that's the way he presents himself almost as the football intellectual. But the slight problem is he talks bollocks. Yes. That, that, that's a drawback. It's kind of like he, he presents himself as this sort of urbane European sophisticate and then he comes up with just such complete 
asinine bullshit that you just go, oh, son. And also that inability to know when to say something, you know, the, the infamous, we are, you're not clever enough to hurt us and all that kind of stuff. It is about a sense of timing. Um, and it's it's quite odd that that they don't quite get that maybe they should just let that go for a couple of months. I mean, I like the fact that your man went and did his, his Ronnie Roar the week after they'd been knocked out by Malmo. And I mean, even the Celtic fans were just not wearing it at all. Um, and I think that that's, that's indicative of that mindset. And it probably comes from not having a challenge long enough, by the way. And I, I do think that when they get one, I, I think this belief that some people have that they'll just kick into gear after three, four years of not having had a challenge, I'm not sure... It works like that. I think Rangers found that in the in the championship last season that after two years of being able to dick about, that the idea of uh, now we've got a challenge, we'll turn it on. I don't think I don't think we did. I don't think we could. And I think you saw that. And it'll be interesting to see if they can do the same if and when we are present a proper challenge. I mean, I think we've got to look look ahead and be prepared. You know, if you look, for instance, I mean, probably the best game we've had since we were. Uh, uh, relegated to the, the third division was that um, was a cup game against Motherwell. Yeah. So you know that, that brought the best out of us. Um, but that well, wasn't long after being being forced down, though. You know that that was I think what th- uh, six weeks into the new season. <laughs> but it, it was an oasis amongst a lot of us. Yes, it was. But what I mean is, they were still a lot of those players were still used to having played at that high level. They hadn't had that uncompetitive. You know, two years. Yeah. Whereas I think two years later we played in the United and we just looked like men against and boys. To walk over, and, and I think that's um, you know these guys do become battle hardened. So you know whether it was uh, as you see Dundee United in the cup, Motherwell in the playoffs, or or uh, St Johnson in the League Cup, we've got to accept that you know we will have to find another step once we get back there. And it, it won't be easy because you know the amount of money that will have to be spent. Uh, to make ourselves competitive and the mindset of guys who are, who are capable of playing at that, it will take them time to get up because you know you, pe- people can kind of dismiss, you know, the, the kind of party thistles and you know the hearts and hubs of this world too, where you know floating up and down between uh, divisions or around relegation zones. But you know when you're a full time pro um, playing at that level, then you know it does toughen you up, and you know we will have to get used to that again. We really will. You know, it's going to be a big step up, but you know what? It's, it's a good challenge to have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wanted to talk to you then, just uh, as an aside. I noticed on on Mark's fantastic website, followfollow.com, um, the most what is it? The slogan, the most popular Rangers board on the interwebs, or something like that. David lies are second nature to me. I, I can't even remember what my last lie was. <laughs> just go here anyway. Very entertaining. But um, there was some debate about Stuart McCall. As there has been, he's been doing commentary on Rangers matches and I wasn't at the game on, on Sunday part-timer but I, I did watch the game on BT Sport and Stuart McCall has been employed by BT Sport as commentator now at the start of the season I know some people were saying they, they didn't like this they thought it was too soon that he shouldn't be commentating in our games and my view on it was well we're not paying the guy a wage and we've therefore no right to tell him who he can or can't accept a wage from so my problem wasn't with that but in his coverage of Rangers, some people feel that he's a bit too close to it, that there is constant reference to players' nicknames and what they did last season, all that kind of thing. What, what were your thoughts, if any, on this? I think it's a, a bit of a, an issue. 
it would be an issue if he was either trying to undermine players or undermine the club or you know set players up for for moves to if he was with another club. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I mean I think actually having somebody who's that fresh from from being inside Irish and does know some of the players. I mean, he does give you insights, and in particularly some of the younger players about you know where they were signed from, how they adapted to the game, and I think it adds to it. You know, uh, I think he is one of those quite, quite insightful players. I mean, who becomes a commentator. I mean, I, I used to love um, Don Howe's comment when he was a, a pundit. Yeah, yeah, on the t- yeah, that's a good call. He was a brilliant commentator. He could actually, because he's played the game and he's involved in the game and his insight, he could actually show you things and say, watch what they're doing here, watch how they're set up, why are they attacking down the left, blah, blah, blah. Because these guys have got an insight that most of us as fans don't. Yeah. That's why they make the living out of football because they've got that eye for things that we don't. We look at it as entertainment. I mean, probably like most fans, I could probably tell you from watching a Champions League game, I could probably tell you better than a Rangers game what the tactics were, why they were employed, why team selections are certainly whereas with Rangers because you're a fan. I'm a ball watcher. Yeah, just I want the ball in back of the net, and you know, I follow the ball. You know, I'm, I'm really. When people start talking to me about oh, what do you think about the tactics or whatever, I have to have a think about it because mm. most games I'm just that keen to see Rangers win. Mm. No, I understand. With Rangers, I watch Rangers and it doesn't really matter to me. That's why I might struggle when people say Player X had a good game against you. You know, maybe as a, from a defender point of view. I don't really notice good defending so much as I notice mistakes in attacking because I'm watching very, very specifically with my Rangers hat on. But I, I know what you're saying. I think Don Howe's a great example of that. Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher on Sky, when they break it down the Monday night, they'll sit and go through and they'll say, this is why this... As opposed to just they'll be disappointed with that. You know, They'll say, this is why this isn't working. This is what Spurs do. This is, And uh, I hadn't noticed. They'd done one this week, actually. They were talking about Spurs and they were saying their improvement comes from their work rate and, and they the stats to back it up and it was stuff I hadn't noticed and it actually did increase my understanding of the game my problem with McCall isn't so much that it's just it's not a problem this is the wrong thing to say but as someone who was really impressed when he came in last season and it has been forgotten how well he did with what was an absolutely broken shower of chances uh, initially and he couldn't keep it going but I don't know if anybody could but the reason why I'm glad we don't have him is that I don't think he could have inspired this rebirth feeling that Mark Warburton has you know this energising feeling uh, there was a moment in the match if I can just pick one out he was talking about a, a Morton player Ross Forbes uh, who he called Forbesy a guy who he'd had at Motherwell and is now at Morton and he said oh he's got a wand of a left foot he's got a terrific left foot absolute quality in that left foot uh, he's he's not the most mobile and that's why he's not a top club but oh what, what a left foot and it's like no he doesn't you know, he's he's a run-of-the-mill Scottish player. He's all right, you know, and he can pass the ball. Um, that's it. You know, and, and not exceptionally. And if you compare him with the likes of that we had in our midfield, like Zalalem and uh, Halliday and stuff, it was night and day. And it just kind of brought home to me that that insular Scottish mentality that we've desperately needed to get away from over the last few years. Oh, you know, great lad, and he does it. no. We don't need that anymore, you know. Oh, Ian Black, he can sit in midfield, look what he did at Hearts. So, 
we need to look beyond that. I'm not saying, you know, oh, we need to suddenly be Barcelona because that's ridiculous. But we need to have our horizons much wider and realise that there's a massive big world of football out there and we've got to be a part of it. Otherwise, we're going to be what we were. And this is before Craig White, a club that was running 20 years behind the times. I think you've got a, we've got a situation in Scotland where, you know, money, I mean, if, if you look, for instance, at Dundee United are saying they've spent half a million quid in players' uh, transfer fees in the last 18 months. Now, half a million quid's a lot of money, okay. but in football terms, people just look on it as spare change these days. Yeah, it's nothing, you know, isn't it? Even in Dundee United terms, comparing with what Dundee United have been able to spend in the past, so you do get people become very kind of focused on, oh, well, you know, we need to save a bit of money and that's what I can afford. So that, so that's the box you're choosing from. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe Stuart's, you know, when he had to, to cut wages at, um, you know, cut their costs at, at Motherwell, you do get into, that's the market these guys know because that's what they've, they're absolutely driven to improve their squads. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can end up in a situation where I thought it was hilarious with Thistle, but they've signed this, uh, this Australian boy that they desperately need him. And, of course, they signed him, but they signed him late so he couldn't play at the weekend. And now he's been called up to the Australian under-21 team, so he'll, he'll be out for about a month. <laughs> and, you know, no doubt, this will stay there and he'll probably get injured. Yeah, and they'll need so, to pay him. Yeah, so, so, so when, when you're dealing at that level... Um, then, then you can become fixated on people and, and talk them into talk them into things that they they really don't have the ability to, to come through on. And, and I think with Rangers, we've been paying money and, and getting dross performances. I mean, even over the last couple of seasons, even when you were winning some of these games, it was it was just it was it was turgid, you know, four and five nothing games at Ibrox, and it was hardly a kick of football in them. Yeah, and you know to now have. Not just winning, but winning well, and you know, you know, pass and move, pressure. You know, it's, it's always just seems that like there's something going on, and it, and it is, uh, as you say, it's probably that little bit of inspiration. And um, I would say when Stuart came in, he also had the the backwash of, you know, uh, basically a, a dressing room that was a, at war between two factions, yeah. and it either been tolerated or it was just a, a fait accompli that couldn't be moved. Mm. Oh, I don't. I don't think many. It's a, it's a dreadful, it's a dreadful situation to come into. Yeah. And then basically, by that time, you had people who were wanting away, weren't interested in themselves, didn't want injured, were looking forward to the next payday. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I hope a lot of these those players that they get their comeuppance. You know, that yep. that's noted for the future because when when the chips were down and they they could have made a, an effort, they didn't. I hope, I hope that. Uh, well, that sticks in some of the CVs. Speaking of which, actually, beautiful segue. Five years into this, and, and we're finally learning how to do it. Ian Black was in the papers this week. He said that he felt he was badly treated by Stuart McCall, disrespected, respect, such a big word in Scottish football. Now it's becoming like freaking Biggie and Tupac. But uh, he felt disrespected by Stuart McCall and that Stuart McCall never gave him a chance Ali McCoyce was sacked too soon and that he, he'd, he'd done everything he'd been asked to do in his time at Rangers what were your thoughts? Well you know what I think as soon as somebody starts talking about being a professional you think he's a con man <laughs> because let's be facts 
if you're a if you're a football player, but not a brain surgeon, you probably haven't been through a liberal arts degree. <laughs> so in terms of I keep I mean people people that Joey Barton describes themselves as professionals. Yeah, you know, I mean let's get serious here. You're a sportsman. All this tripe about oh my fellow pros and you shouldn't act like this and you shouldn't act like that. It's tripe. You know, it's not a profession. It's a job. So when they start talking about professionalism and I should be treated with respect, well, guess what? You're a show pony or something. <laughs> you know, some somebody looks at you the wrong way. You know, and your performance. You know, your performance at what are you, Marcel Marceau? That suddenly you know your artistic sensibility is outraged. I wish he was, because then he might have been silent. Yeah. You know, so when these guys who were vastly overpaid and vastly underperformed start saying that they were badly treated, I think there's uh, there's a lot of people out there take a bit of a reality check and go, you know, am I, am I living in the same planet as this guy? You know, he's got 90 minutes when he's on the pitch to do his talking. Never mind about feeling sad afterwards. These guys were paid a lot of money and they decided, they decided to shortchange the fans. So they've got nobody to blame but themselves. Yeah, I mean, I, my take on Ian Black is simple. I, I genuinely can honestly say I never hated a Rangers player up until Ian Black. And everything about the guy just reeked. Uh, people say things like, he's one of those players that if you had him in the opposition team, you hate him. But if you had him in your team, you'd love him. You know what? We did have him in my team and I still fucking hated him. Uh, he was a wee tolly who was getting massively overpaid, a fluke set of circumstances that allowed him to have, in his career terms, a lottery win. And the idea that Ian Black can look back in his time at Rangers as anything other than, as I say, sticking you know 50 pence into a puggy and it coming up with millions is beyond me. If you want, if you want to act like a hard, hard man and talk the talk and claim that you're the man that strides those mean streets... You've got, you've got to come up with it. You can't go squealing when things go the wrong way. I mean, if we want to talk about somebody who looks like a hard man, I mean, remember, uh, what, is, what was that halfway that played for St. Johnston? Tommy Tucker or whatever his name was? Oh, uh, the guy with the moustache. Oh, horrible. Tommy horrible. Turner. <laughs> Tommy Turner, right. Now, if anybody should have been a hard man, it was somebody that was unfortunate enough to have a face like that. You know, he could have been, he could have been Begbie. Yeah, he, he, was a, he looked he, as though somebody had set him in fire and then put it out by shoving him face first into a guitar. Yeah, so if your man wants to talk the talk, well, where did, where did they ever walk the walk? Because wasn't he really a hard man on the pitch, was he? No, not at all. His, well, the so-called hard man stuff was basically bad tackles because you didn't have the skill to do your job normally. Yeah. It wasn't as though you were a genuine tough nut in the mould of Sunnis. No, he was a wee fanny. I mean, he really was. He's the archetypal wee shite. You know the guy that used to hang about with the school Billy and, and, and encourage him into fights? That's that's what Ian Black was. And it's a stain on our badge that he got to wear it. And for him to be complaining about his treatment at Ibrox rather than getting down on his knees and thanking God for giving him this opportunity due to a wild... Convergence of circumstances absolutely staggers me. I, I don't particularly like the guy, but the attitude baffles me. But then, equally, you know, Ian Black will look back in his career and he'll probably look at that championship medal that he got for the third in the second division, which Christ knows the most expensive 
second and third division medals in Scottish football history, by the way, pound for pound, and tell himself that they were an achievement. They weren't an achievement. It would be like me taking a full-size 11-a-side team to beat primary twos and then giving myself a medal. It wouldn't make me bigger clever, but Ian Black seems to delude himself that he is. So we'll wrap up, Mark, because it's been quite a wide-ranging discussion. The last well, thing... It's been you and I ranting about how depressed we are about people who don't play for the club or, or are employed by the club anymore. Um, I like to the fact that we've rather been enjoying ourselves this season. So That's it. We're, we're ranting about happiness. It's weird. Nice, you know? Yeah, it's been weird. It? It's like the opposite of Room 101. It's like Room 010, where we're, we're sitting talking about all the nice things that are going on in life. Um... Last thing that I wanted to, to chat to you about, Marco, was finance moving forward. Now, as a guy who's quite plugged into to the higher echelons at Ibrox, what would you say are the kind of medium-long-term goals in terms of funding? We're obviously still hamstrung by the Sports Direct deal. There's no TV money. There's talk of share issues, but that requires a, a, you know, a listing. And is a listing a possibility when uh, the, the, there's all the various kind of criminal proceedings on at the moment I mean where are we in terms of short term medium term and long term funding well you know I, I don't um, I tend not to ask questions of of, you know, of shall we say former pals who, who've now moved on in life when they're in these positions of responsibility because they're putting a, a, a kind of pressure on your friendship that you know probably isn't fair I mean probably you know we're running the fanzine the website I, sh- I should do more of that um, but I don't feel comfortable doing it however from from seeing um, what's in front of our faces we're going to do a share issue I think it's pro- I think they've got what still get a, a while to run where they can actually issue some of the unissued shares I think that's probably the route they'll go down um, because to go for another major share issue I think there's several problems with that. Is one, any any um, you know outside investor, I think will be put off by what's happened under the previous regimes or the the bad regime. If, if you believe that all-encompassing plot that was uh, you know that was affected on the club, so I think it'd be very difficult to get people who aren't Rangers fans to invest in it at the moment when you've got you know criminal trials going on. Um, when you've got the uh, interference from Sports Direct and, and obviously, although there's radio silence on it just now, there's obviously in the background they must, they simply must be having ongoing negotiations over the over the appalling uh, uh, merchandising and, and kit supply deal. Yeah. So if you've got something which for Rangers was traditionally a huge stream of income from from, uh, from merchandising, and that's not performing because obviously you can see from the half yearly figures that the fans simply aren't buying in the way they used to. It's a bad deal for everybody. And until we're firing on all those cylinders, I don't think we'll have a full um, stock, uh, sorry, uh, share issue. So I, I suspect what will happen is they'll probably issue the shares that they can that are already um, what they call treasury shares. You know, they've, they've got the authorisation to issue them. I think they would probably still issue them maybe before the new year or just afterwards. And then in terms of uh, getting getting promoted, so you've got a feel-good factor, trials are either underway or finished, and then the Ashley deal. I think if you had 
those three conditions you would, you would be having one, you know, the minute you were you were promoted. Um, but because the trials are still likely to be ongoing then, um, and and the Ashley deal, well, God knows how that's going to go. I think you could see that getting pushed back. So you probably have a share issue sometime around the new year, and then the big offer to the shareholders um, will probably be about this time next year, maybe. Okay. That, that's what I would think, but as I say, deliberately because of the, the sensitivity of these things, and we've kind of, uh, several of us who we introduced as the past as the arch agitators amongst the fans, you know, people have found themselves getting hauled up in court with, with, with some of the miscreants that have been around, around this club. So it, it, it does make you um, realise how serious things have been when people were prepared under various pretexts to, to try and get you into court and shut you up. No, because they had they had presumably something to hide. Um, so the way we are just now, that that kind of gloom that's been around the club, I don't think that's uh, dispersed yet. Uh, certainly from people who are outsiders, and you know what, what people want who are investing is they want they want clarity and they want stability. And and I think until we have the the outworking and maybe the trials, then the big share issue will get put off for a while. No, that seems that seems sensible. <laughs> Uh, well, listen, Mark, thank you very much for joining us this week. Uh, the, the last thing then that remains for me to do is to thank our executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee, Mr. Paul Miles, to thank our sound engineer, Mr. Uh, Mr. Charlie Ashworth. It's just been near you that I've, I've suddenly gone back into being first year uh, of Pod David. Yeah, that's, I've suddenly gone back to being when I couldn't string two words together. Uh, I would also like to tell you, yes, you, the listeners, that you can get in touch with us. Uh, follow us at Heart and Hand uh, on the Facebook page, which is just Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast on Facebook. It's uh, Ibrox Rocks, R-O-C-K-S on Twitter. Scott, Heart Hand. And what's your Twitter handle again? My Twitter handle? Yeah. I'm just, uh, God knows. At Grandmaster Suck. Or call one word, I believe. Yeah, some, something like that anyway. Well, you just search for Mark, he'll pop up, uh, you know, the, the red light will go off in your computer and you'll see him there. And you can also email us, ibroxrocks at playbackmedia.co.uk. That's everything then. Go and visit, uh, go and visit followfollow.com, home of Mark Dingwall. And Mark, thank you very much for turning up today. You're welcome, David. My name's David Edgar, I've been your host. I've really enjoyed today, I hope you have too. And I'll speak to you again this time next week. Cheers, bye. show is brought to you and associated with Labrooks. All you have to do is click the link to the description to this podcast, enter the promo code LAD50 when you sign up, and you'll get a free bet up to £50. Go on, do it now. This is a Playback Media production, served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.